So uh, my parents actually were missionaries. Uh, they were missionaries with our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, for really all my life. They actually just recently retired. Uh, but my parents, in being who they are, uh, they're pretty well-liked. They're pretty cool people. Uh, when people would like, they'd go speak at different churches, different places, and people would feel like, oh, those people are great, and they would do things. So um, I went, I kind of followed in a lot of my parents' footsteps in all the ways. They went to a school called Nia College. I went to a school called uh, Nia College. I went into ministry. They are in ministry. So in, in the alliance, so it's kind of a smaller pool, it's a smaller denomination, so I would go to places all the time, and people would see my last name, like, oh, Thornton, they were like, wait, are you related to Trent and Sharon? And I'd be like, yes, I am, those are my parents, and they would just be like, oh, that's so cool, I love your parents, and like, for the next five minutes, it's like, it didn't matter what, who I was, it was just like, all about my parents, you know, I was like, oh, okay, but I just got used to this, and I actually realized, like, oh, this is kind of fun, like, the fact that I'm like, my parents son means that like I have all these like cool encounters uh, with these other people. But uh, what's interesting is I actually went to school with another guy whose name was Thornton, but we have no relation. He has, uh, you know, never heard of him before we went to college together. We went to college together the same age, all of us. He's also pursued pastoral ministry. He's also in the alliance. And, uh, but he, we have literally no relation. But he began to experience what I was experiencing, but in a very different way, because we would go to council, which is like the every, every other year big conference for all of uh, kind of pastors and people in the alliance, and they'd have like childcare, and we have kids, and my friend has kids, and he would take his kids to this event, and a lot of times the people who are manning these things, they would know the name Thornton because of my parents, and he told me he went to check in his kids, and they were like, oh, Thornton, like, are you related to Trenton Sharon? And he was like, no, and they're like, oh, you're the other Thorntons. And then I came like five minutes later and like, oh, you're the Thorntons. And I was like, yeah, that, that's me. And then I talked to him later in line. He's like, yeah, they were like, I'm the other Thornton. Like, what's up with that? But I realized like for me in this sphere that like kind of like having the name Thornton, bearing the name Thornton actually meant something to a lot of people. And today we're looking at like, what does it mean for us to bear the name of God? And how, how should that impact our lives? And so we're actually going to look at Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 7. Um, it's really mostly one verse. Uh, we're in this series on Lent where we're looking at the kind of Ten Commandments or the Ten Words and what that means for us and what that should impact our lives. Uh, and so last week we were looking at how we are to worship God alone. Uh, and today we're looking at this and we'll, we'll kind of unpack this. So I'm just going to read this. Um, and this is what it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. All right, so that, that's the whole verse right there. Now, if you grew up in the church at all like me, uh, a lot of times, every time I've heard this, this was just the, the rule that was given for like, okay, this means you can't like curse, you can't use God's name irreverently, and those are true statements, you shouldn't do those things. But I think if we kind of pack, unpack some of the words that are used here in the original Hebrew, it has a bigger meaning than just like, make sure you treat God's name with respect. That is true. But I think that's just a very small part of what is actually God is trying to convey to his people here. You see, the word that it says take, where we say don't take the Lord's name in vain in Hebrew, is actually a word that has more like a take up or carry or bear 
So it's not just like a, a something spoken. It's more of this like I am literally taking this upon myself or carrying this thing and it is coming with me and going wherever I go because I've, I've, like, I'm bearing this with me. And so when he says don't take the Lord's name, it's saying like you are to not carry or bear or take upon yourself the Lord's name, which I think changes the, the kind of meaning of this. Uh, uh, one way to think about this is you know, my wife and I, we got married, and when we got married, she decided, she didn't have to, but she decided that she would take my last name, right? That she took upon herself my last name, so just like my friend, when she goes to places in the Alliance, and they hear, oh, the Thornton, she's like, oh, are you related to Trent and Sharon? And then goes, she goes, yes, actually, I'm married to their son. Like, she took that name upon herself. If she had kept her original maiden name of Zimmerman, she wouldn't have any of those experiences. Okay, so when we're saying take the Lord's name, it's not just a spoken thing. There's this idea of bearing and carrying it on. And then when we get to in vain, vain is kind of one of these words that we don't really use much now. Um, if you were with us when we looked at Ecclesiastes a while ago, it can often mean like, you know, like a vapor, meaningless, kind of fleeting. But this vein is actually more talking about, kind of has two main connotations. One is like kind of falsely. And one is like, um, like empty or ineffective, without purpose. So if I were to rephrase this in a way that maybe might help us a little bit more understand how this could actually impact our lives today, what God is saying to his people here is saying, hey, do not bear or carry or take up my name in a false or empty way. Do not... Carry my name in a manner that is false or empty. See, now, if, if I have that in my mind, I'm like, that's a whole different story than just like, okay, I can't go with everybody else and start using God's name as a curse word, or I can't just throw it out flippantly. Now I'm like, no, this has connotations for my whole life. Because now I'm, I'm a bearer of the Lord's name, and I cannot do it in a false or empty manner. So I just want to look briefly at two things of what does that mean? How do we actually bear the Lord's name, kind of Im impacting this? First of all, I do just want to mention that I think one of the things that we struggle with with this is that for a lot of us, I don't know that we really understand that we bear the Lord's name, but that is who we are. Uh, Pastor Steve mentioned this last week, that actually when God is doing this whole thing and giving them these 10 words, these 10 commandments, it starts not with, okay, if you had done the right things, then I would save you. God has already called his people out of Egypt. He's already saved them from slavery. He's already brought them here. He's already parted the Red Sea. He's already done the plagues and all these miracles. That's already happened. He's already done all those things. And so he's already said, you are my people. He actually says, you're my treasured possession. You are mine. And I am yours. What God is doing there is he's saying, I'm giving you my name. I'm calling you my own. So this is who you are. You are now a bearer of my name. You are the people of God. That is who we are. So whether you feel like it or not, when you've decided to follow after God or said yes to Jesus, then all of that comes to it. The whole identity of who we are has now become somebody who bears the name of Christ. In Ephesians, 
Paul actually says that before the foundation of the world, that God decided to adopt us as his own. This is who we are. It's why we call ourselves even Christians. We're identifying ourselves with the very name of Christ to say, this is now who I am. It changed me. I am a child of God. And so part of that means that we are then people who bear the name of Christ wherever we go. And whether we're moving out of the room or not, or we're somewhere, this is who we are. We bear the name of Christ. We've taken it on ourselves, just like my wife who took my name. That's the kind of idea here is that's what it is. So we take that. But then how do we do that? Right? So we aren't supposed to do it falsely, right? So if we're not doing it falsely, a falsely, I think some of us, we, we kind of get a little bit more like, okay, we're not doing the things. Basically, I would say if you're bearing the name of God, you're then representing God in a way that says, okay, if you're doing it falsely, it's in ways that do not line up with the character of God. So if God is love and merciful and gracious and, and just and all of these things, when we carry ourselves, speak, act, do all of these things in manners and ways that do not line up with who God's character is, then we are bearing His name, representing Him in a way that does not line up with His heart, His desire, or who He wants to be known as. And the reality is, if, we, if we're here, we're, we can acknowledge that especially in America, we have known many people and we have witnessed on the television many people, groups of people who have claimed to bear the name of God in what I would only call as, as false as I can think of, where a God who has said, I am love, and yet they have declared, God hates you. I hate you, or I do this horrific act because I bear God's name and I am a Christian. We have all experienced it. We've all witnessed it or observed it. That is what I would call what God is saying. You cannot bear my name in vain. Do not misrepresent me to the world around you. Do not. Act or speak or do things in a manner that would show people something about me that is not true. That is not true of my family. But we see it all the time. And I think part of the reason that God is really, even you know, when you go to the second part of this verse, is like he will not leave them unpunished or they will not be counted guiltless. As I think God's saying, this is a big deal because... I don't understand why, but you know what God has done through how he's ordered things? He often allows for other people who don't know who he is to know who he is through his people. Actually, when you go back to the very beginning of the Israelites, which is the beginning of kind of all of our stories, when God calls Abram, he literally makes it in there. He says, I am blessing you so that you would be a blessing to all peoples. He wants all peoples to see who God is through how he treats his people and how his people treat other people. That's what he's called them to. So when we act in ways that are unjust, uh, unrighteous, full of hate, full of aggression, full of prejudice, full of all of these things, then we have not borne the name of God well. We've done it in kind of a false way. And sometimes that's just individuals and sometimes it's whole churches.
including horrific acts throughout history. We are called not to bear it falsely. But we're also not called to, to, to do this empty or purposeless. And I think we kind of get like, okay, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to do the false things. I know I'm not supposed to be like that. I'm supposed to do something else. But I think especially in the West, even for our church, I think the idea of empty is a little bit harder for us to, to grab. Because see, empty is saying, I bear the name, but not in any way that matters. Not in any way that anyone would really know. I mean, maybe they know I have that name, but I'm making no influence, no impact. There's nothing that I am offering as part of this family that would show, yeah, you must be a child of God. Your character, your life, your actions, your words reflect the name you bear. So God's saying, don't be just like somebody who sort of exists in the background but actually be an active participant of this family, bearing the name of God in a way that others want to be part of the family of God. Don't just do it emptily. Don't do it purposely. I don't know how many times, I, I, as I, I mentioned with my parents, I'll, I'll go somewhere that people who knew my dad for a long time, they'll be like, oh, you look just like your dad. And they'll be like, oh, you sound kind of like your dad. You tell the same bad jokes as your dad. You know, and people are like, oh, yeah, you're... You're a Thornton. Like, I see it now. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Like, oh, now I get it. Why didn't I see it? You're clearly a Thornton. Yeah, I think in a similar way, like, we're supposed to be recognizable as God's child. Like, you and I, when people see us, they should be like, wow, you are maybe imperfectly, yes, but you are reminding me of the characteristics of who God is, who He actually is, who He's declared to be in Scripture, and so if we are actually bearing His name well, then it's an active thing that can't just be passively. People are like, but you're, you're a Christian? Like, I didn't know. Like, are you sure? Like, because your actions don't really seem to reflect anything that I've seen or heard about who God is. Like, like I, I mean, I've, I've been with people that they told me, like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, and I was like, Really? Like, not in a judgment way, I'm just like, I haven't seen anything from you that even would ever make me think or believe that you bear the name of God, because God's character and His attributes and His love and His mercy and His grace should fill us and come out of us in everything that we do, as bearers of the name, as people who are now the children of God. In essence, I, I don't know, I have a brother-in-law, and he's super fun. He's, super, he's like one of these guys, they like, if you go to him, you have a good time. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you could come in, you're like, I'm so depressed. And by the time you leave, you're like, that was the best night of my life. Like, he's one of these guys. He's just fun games, fun all these things, has all his own family traditions. And so every time we're with him, I'm like, man, it must be so cool to be in your family. Like, you got to, like, all these things. Although when I had kids, it started being like, okay, if you're juggling coals in front of my children, maybe not so cool anymore. But... It was just one of these things where, like, he's this guy. He's just lots of fun. And so when we would hang out with him, like, we'd want to hang out with him. I was like, you kind of want to be like, can I just, like, like, sometimes he'd tell stories. And he'd be like, I'd kind of like to just, like, go back in time with you and, like, get to hang out with you a little bit and see what your family was like. Because you make it sound so cool and so fun. 
That's like my brother-in-law. And what I think God's trying to say here a little bit is like, I want you to bear my name like that. I want you to bear my name in such a way that every single person that you're encountering would have a little bit or a lot of a reaction where they go, I want to be part of that family. I want to experience a little bit of what it must be like to be with you. To be attached to that. And so when God's saying, do not bear my name falsely or empty, there's an expectation here where God's saying, I've called you my own. I've called you my own. You are my treasured possession. You will worship me alone. Now don't waste that. Don't do it falsely and don't do it emptily. But bear it well. In a sense, what you could see here is God's almost saying, look, you're mine, you're going to worship me, and I'm sending you out to the world. Actually, in, in the verses over here, he actually says that you are now a nation of priests. Why? Because he's calling them for, for them to represent him to the world. In 1 Peter, he also says that, that we're called a, a royal priesthood. In Corinthians, it says that we're ambassadors of Christ joining God in his ministry of reconciliation. This is the kind of connotation of what God is trying to get here, saying you are bearers of my name. Represent me to all around you and represent me well. And I don't think God's saying it because he's really up there like, oh, I care so much about my name like because you're going to you know, make my reputation bad. I think God's up there and he's saying, I want you to get this right because I want other people to be part of this family. I want everyone to be part of this family. And part of the way that happens is by you and me bearing the name of God well in a, in a manner that reflects his character so that other people say, I want in. I want in. And so that includes... All life, including our speech, including how we treat God's name, including how that, because, you know, you've been to those people who, like, just down, like, totally disrespect their own family, or just like, my family sucks all the time. Well, if, if all you ever hear from somebody is, my family sucks all the time, you don't want to be part of that family. So if you're using God's name irreverently, or as a curse word, or any of these things, obviously people around and be like, oh, okay, God's not somebody you want to be with. So that is there. But that's just a small part. My hope for us is that we could push into this. Now, now, here's the thing. I want to go back to what we started with, is that this is who we are. Here's the reason. is I'm not asking any of you. I don't think God is asking any of us to just try harder, muster up the strength, and be like, I got to be a better person. No, I think what we need is to be more connected to the Holy Spirit. We need to embrace and let his presence fill us more so that, when, so that we are bearing his name, not because of all the activity we've done, but because it's who we are in Christ. So that the more that we recognize, man, who I am in Christ and the beauty and the majesty and the forgiveness and the love and the hope that I have in Jesus, as I understand who I am in Christ, as I understand what it means to bear his name, then all of a sudden as that fills me up, 
that moves out to others. And others are saying, how come you're so forgiving? How come you're so loving? How come you're so gracious or considerate or compassionate? And you say, it's because of Christ. It's because I bear his image. It's because I'm his treasured possession. It's because of how he's changed Opted into his family. And so as we press in to who we are, as bearers of his name, we bear it well.